welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. Welcome everybody to another podcast. Man, I'm so excited to have you joining us and man, I'm so appreciative of the way this audience continues to grow every single week. We're in the middle of Christmas at Crossroads, and man, we are having so much fun. And again, we are so thankful that you're joining us on this journey. Today, we're going to look at, to me, what is the ultimate purpose for every single person. I believe all of us have a purpose given by the God, and it's all similar. And you're going to hear about that today. Also going to go ahead and let you know that there's something you're going to hear about in this message. You may be curious about how you can get it. At the end of this message, I will give you details to how to do that. I love each and every one of you. I appreciate everything you do. And I encourage you to buckle up as we hear a little bit more about storytelling. Like, I I want you to know this Christmas, the power of storytelling. Like a minute ago, I was doing announcements. And another announcement is that this Wednesday... At 7 o'clock in the morning, from 7 to noon, we'll be at the Walmart. If you've lived in Cleveland a while, we call it the old Walmart, okay? Because the new Walmart's on the south side, and you're like, well, it's been there for like 15 years. I know, but it's still newer than the old one. And in that garden center, we'll be shopping. But listen, like that's like, okay, that's like, hey, you flew by you. Let me show you the power of storytelling. Last year, I had an opportunity to go and shop for these kids that we've raised this money for, and we also work with them. And the one that got my heart the most was a little girl who's about, she's about 10 years old, and if I get emotional, she's got to bear with me. I'm an emotional guy. And it's one of those things that, you know what she wanted? You know what I looked the hardest for? She wanted a white fuzzy blanket. She didn't ask for a baby doll. She didn't ask for an Xbox game. She didn't ask for a new iPhone. She wanted a, a, a warm, fuzzy blanket and a good pillow. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, come, I, I was going to make sure that I like, I need to find, where is your best blanket? Like, I want one that when you wrap it around you, it just kind of gives you a hug. You know, like, I want the, because I'm like, if, if, a, if a little girl, if that's what she's asking for, then that's what, you know, so a lot of these kids that we are shopping for, just know they will encourage us to make sure we get some fun things. But when you look at these lists, they're asking for blue jeans and shoes. There was seven of them this year that asked for a Bible. And, and our friends over at White Wing were very quick to jump up and donate Bibles. One asked for a Bible study, and we were able to provide that too. So, so I just want you to know, see, when I put a story to it, all of a sudden it, it changes it, doesn't it? All of a sudden, it's more than just, hey, guys, we're going shopping. Yeah, come join us. All of a sudden, I'm letting you know, like, like, like now you know what's going on. And my question is, how many of you are going to join with me on Wednesday morning? You say, well, Mickey, I ain't getting there at 7 o'clock. Get there at 9 o'clock because we've got about 150-plus students, kids, that we still need to shop for. But that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. I want to show you the power of storytelling. Because just like a minute ago, I could give you an announcement about the empty stocking fund, but then I also can tell you a story, and now all of a sudden, it it makes more sense. It grabs our heart. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can write these things down. The first thing that stories do is it gives meaning. 
Like it gives meaning to the things that we have. Like, like I love Christmas. I absolutely, I mean, I am enthralled with Christmas. And at my house, the Christmas trees, now I know, you know, better homes and garden and Southern living and all these things. Like they tell you all these ways to decorate your Christmas tree and it looks so great. And this year we're doing gold and this year we're doing silver. Me, I want the Christmas tree that has ornaments on it that have meaning. Like I don't, oh, it looks beautiful. Okay, but it doesn't say nothing. Like it just looked like a bunch of gold balls. Like it looks great, but I want something that means something. In fact, it, it kind of was started because of, of ornaments that have stories to them. And that's when you start decorating your, your tree. And, and this is something that my grandmother had taught me because every year she would give us an ornament and it was sort of reflecting on the year. And my mother has continued with that. In fact, this past Thanksgiving, my mother came in and, and this was my ornament for this year. It's a bird. My mother gave me the bird. Don't feel bad, she gave my whole family the bird. Every one of us got a bird. And you say, well, well, whoop-de-doo. Well, if I tell you the story, though, see, she said, hey, I got you guys birds. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and she said, well, here, let me tell you why. And she told me a story. She said, I got you guys birds because you and Amy have done what God's called you to do. And, and this year, you guys were able to buy a house and you're, you're rebuilding your nest. And so I got everybody in your family a bird, but to signify that this year you're rebuilding your nest. Now I'm looking at some of you guys and you're going, see how stories work? It's amazing. In fact, I was very surprised. Somebody blessed me this week and I couldn't believe it. Because of the theme and everything going on, they literally made me an ornament for this year that has the scripture, for unto us a child was born, unto us a child is given. And they put Christmas at crossroads. And I've had this happen before. Mr. Kevin has given me a, a truck with a tree before. And it's something that people do for me every year because they know how I am. And I'm like, I cannot wait to hang this on my tree, right? And the story behind it is the theme of what we're doing. So it means something to me. Now, the sheet was bigger than just one. So they actually gave me two. And so I was like, I don't need two ornaments. If somebody would like an ornament for this series, anybody want one of these? You can raise your hand. Nobody? We're good. You, I saw you first. Somebody get this to Miss Regina Breeze. I apologize I don't have. So just, just take that. I would throw it, but this is like a ninja star. Like you would lose. Like, so, but there you go. But they have a way of, of having meaning, right? They have a way of having meaning. And when they have meaning, then all of a sudden it changes, and that's how ornaments work. It's about telling a story. Listen to me. Today, I want you to focus on the fact that the story that you're telling has meaning. The second thing that I want you to know, just like how ornaments, when you find out the story, they take on a different meaning. I actually was going to bring my all-time favorite ornament. I have a, a favorite ornament, that, that, but I... I literally, I, I climbed over a bunch of stuff, found the ornament box, opened it up, and realized that I would probably break more ornaments than I would do anything. And, and I'm literally, I'm like Clark Griswold. I'm like, like, if you came to my house, I'm like, no, we don't need to put that one up. I'm like, yes, we do. And like, we got to get a bigger tree. Okay. You know, but it's one of those things. But there's one ornament that I have that's my all-time favorite that got broke 
But last year, I was able to have some people that loved me help me track it down, and I reordered it. And it has a Mickey Mouse and a Minnie Mouse with a telephone line, and they're talking on the phone, and in the middle it says, hello. And you say, well, why does that, why, that that's, again, what, what's the, well, that's the first ornament I ever gave Amy Lou. Because I lived in Jackson, Tennessee, going to school. She lived in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and me being Mickey, and she was my Minnie, and we would talk on the phone all the time. And so last year, when we were giving out the ornaments for the year, I had bought this ornament. Well, actually, I didn't. Somebody had tracked it down, found it for me, and gave it to me. And I literally, I'm about to ball because I'm an emotional guy. And Amy opens it up, and she's like, oh, where in the world did you get this? And I was like, it don't matter. Look, we got the ornament, you know, because of the story. So I want you to understand that stories matter. The second thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to understand that stories also add value. So not only do stories give meaning, but they also add value. For those of you that have been around for a while, and I'm gonna work on a series this coming year that we do this again, we will have different series that we call This Is Us. And it's a time where I get up on stage and I'm literally sitting with one of you that I prayed about and then I ask you and you don't have the option to say no. And we sit down and we kind of do a interview style message and you get to tell your story. And what's amazing is, is that when you tell your story, how number one, how humanized you become, but number two, the value that everybody all of a sudden puts on you. I was meeting with a gentleman even this week at breakfast and we had a great time, it was so much fun. And we were even talking about the, the value of stories. And of course, I'm sitting at this breakfast laughing because I'm like, you have no idea that I'm already working on a message and finishing that up. Like, it's amazing how God speaks. But I want you to know your story is important. And it's not only for you to tell it, but listen, here's the key. But you also need to stop long enough to hear somebody else's story. Like, sometimes we look at people and we look at them as being in a situation as if, like, they're just poor people and they just don't know what to do and they have made bad decisions. And the reality is you hear their story and you realize, like, wow, no, they, they're just like me. Like when you hear people's story and they talk about addictions or you hear people's story and they talk about abuse or you hear people's story and they talk about the trials that they went through and they also talk about the celebrations they go through. Like that's the reason why you need community groups, right? Like you need to get with people in this room, in this community and learn each other's story. Why? Because until you do that, you're really not gonna value the people in the room. Like you will love the people in the room, why? Because there's something they have that can offer you. But being in a relationship because of what somebody has to offer you is not the same as valuing them. You're valuing what they're offering you, you're not valuing who they are. Can I chase a real quick rabbit? I think most of us when it comes to Christmas and our relationship with Jesus, that's our issue. We love him because of what he has to offer us but we don't spend time in his word and we don't really get to know him so we don't really value him. We don't really understand exactly who he is. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because through him we have salvation and forgiveness. But do we value him because, because we know his story? We know who he is. We know his word. We've hidden his word in our heart so that we wouldn't sin against God? Do we, we do the things that God's words tells us to do? And I think a lot of times we don't. And the reason why is because we don't understand the power of stories. In fact, if you have your Bible, yes, we're going to share a story. And I wanna use that, like story is actually a word that I don't like a whole lot, 
Because sometimes when you think of story, you think of something that's kind of like it's, it's a fantasy or a fable. It's not really true. Because we've heard of little kids that were telling a story rather than saying they're lying. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a story that's a true story. So not only do stories give us the us aspect as far as meaning, not only does it give us the aspect of value, but stories can also help us in gaining understanding. And I wanna show you that today out of God's word. If you have your Bible, whether it be electronic or paper, thank you so much for, for putting up with a little bit longer than normal introduction and come with me and we're gonna be in the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 22. And this is a story. And it's probably not the story you're really thinking of when you think about Christmas. But by the end of this, I think it will be the story that you start talking about. And it's an amazing story that we never hear the, the whole story. Like that's one of the issues with storytelling. Paul Harvey had an amazing radio uh, episode after episode after episode called The Rest of the Story. And you used to listen to these on the radio and it was really, really cool. And for some of you guys that are younger, just go Google it, I promise, it's kind of cool stuff. But it's one of those things that, that he would talk about telling the, the rest of the story. And that's really what I wanna do today. So again, with your Bibles open, let's go to Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 47. While he was still speaking, they, there came a crowd. Now, just for a pause, I want you to know the whole story. This is Jesus in the garden, he's praying, He's getting ready to, to be seized. G Judas is gonna betray him with a kiss. We're gonna read that in just a minute. And they're gonna seize him. And it's gonna be like a mob that's coming. And there's also been people that are gathering that are on Jesus' side. But when it says he was speaking, what he was doing, he was actually talking to the ones that he had taken to the garden saying, can you not just stay awake for a little while? Can I encourage you to stay awake and pray? And he gives them the reason why, so that you wouldn't fall into temptation. And he's actually teaching us a lesson through his word. When you find yourself falling asleep, getting away, getting distracted, being less focused, that's when you're gonna find yourself falling into temptations and struggles. But if you'll be alert, if you will be ready, if you will be in his word, active in church, doing what God's calling you to do, being around godly people. It's amazing how more strength you find and you won't find yourself falling into temptation as quickly. But listen to what he says. Continue to read in verse 47. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd. And the man called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas... Would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them, notice the terminology in, in Luke's gospel. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now, I wanna pause for a minute because I want to help you understand the whole story. If we go to John, John chapter 18, verse 10, and you'll see the verse on the screen, we know that it wasn't just one of them because John lets you know exactly who it is. 
John was the guy that you didn't really ever want to do anything bad around because he's going to throw you under the bus. Like Luke's like, hey, one of us cut off the guy's ear. John said, Peter. Peter pulled out his sword, and then he identifies who the high priest's servant was, Malchus. So because of the, the synoptic gospels and the way they coincide, we actually can realize that Malchus, who is the servant of the high priest, is one that came with him because he's following directions. And when Peter, when they say, hey, here's a mob to take you. Jesus, do you want us to do something? Peter took that as like, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir, like Cobra Kai, right? So he just grabs out his sword, wow! You say, why did he chop off his right ear? Because he wasn't a real good aim. He was trying to hit him right smack dab in the forehead. And I'm sure that Malchus saw it and dunked and only lost his ear. But then Jesus, listen to what he says. Next verse. Jesus says, no more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Verse 51. And I just wanna, I wanna give you the rest of the story. I wanna give you the why. Have you ever wondered why Jesus did that? Like, like, why? What, what am I missing in the story? Well, let me help you. Malchus came a little bit out of ignorance, more out of submission to the high priest of the, the church. And he was just doing what he was called to do. He was a great example of wrong place, wrong time. And when this took place, there were two things that happened in this story that most of the time we never talk about. Number one, if we understand the laws of this time, we would understand one of the reasons why Jesus did this. See, for Peter to have struck Malchus would be that now Peter would fall under the punishment that was to be required and to, to attack or to strike a officer of the high priest's council, the punishment was capital punishment. He would have died. For hitting that man missing his head, but cutting off his ear. That meant that that night Jesus knew, not only was he about to die, but now because of Peter's actions, guess what? Peter's about to die too. And then Jesus took this as an opportunity and we blow through it and don't ever think about it. He took it as an opportunity to really tell people what he was about to do and to also help us in 2023 understand who he is. Because immediately what Jesus did is, number one, he stopped the fighting. Because why? He came to bring peace. He didn't come for fights and quarrels. He came to bring peace. Scripture says what? Peace on earth and goodwill to all men who were saved. He came to bring peace. But the second thing is he came to take the punishment in which we didn't have the ability to pay. He didn't want Peter to be killed. So you know what he did? He picked up that man's ear and he healed him, Malchus. And you know, we never hear another thing about Malchus in God's word because I truly believe, now this is Mickey's opinion. I don't read this in the word, all right? I think it may be First Hesitations, chapter six, not sure. There's nowhere in here. The reason why you never hear of, of Malchus again in God's word is because I, I believe there was a transformation that took place in his life. Because I believe that for the first time, he stopped listening to what everybody was telling him about this Jesus and he experienced Jesus. 
And when he experienced Jesus, he realized that there was a healing that took place that, that nobody, like he truly is the son of God. But still, there's more to the story. See, he heals the ear because now Malchus, if he was to go to somebody and says, Peter, cut off my ear, they would go, which one? Well, it was my right ear, but, but your ear's on. Yeah, but he cut it off. Okay, well, well, how's it on? Can you hear me? Yes. Does it work? Yes. Is everything functioning? Yes. Well, that's impossible. How could he have cut your ear off, but yet your ear has been totally restored? I find no blame in Peter because there's no proof that he cut off your ear. And then he was arrested and he was crucified and three days he rose again. And thousands of years later, we still stand at the judgment. And they say, why should I let you into my heaven? And, and they look in this Lamb's book of life and, and they see your name and guess what? They say, hey, they're perfect. They've accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've been forgiven. And we go, oh, you don't understand. I've done some terrible stuff. I, I don't see that. I, I don't see the things that you've done. I don't see any transgressions. The where, where I'm looking, it says you have been made whole. Oh, but you know, before you let me in, I just want to make sure you understand because I don't want to be a liar. Like when I was on earth, I was pretty messed up. There were some days that really weren't good. Like I don't even know if you know this, but I... You know, I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I think that the angel's gonna be like, shush, listen to me. I see no evidence of those mistakes. The things that you're telling me, I see no proof of those taking place. The only thing that I see is that you have been forgiven and that you have been made white as snow. The only thing I see is that there's a name that, that's written over the, whew, it's written over the top of your name. And it says that you are one of his. And that when he died on a cross, he took all of your transgressions and put it on himself. So that you could, despite the things that you do, that you could live in forgiveness. You say, Mickey, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> it's just what I needed. Boy, I'm leaving here today, and by golly, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get in some trouble because you're telling me I can do whatever I want to. That's not what I'm saying. Jesus' forgiveness is not to be used as your past to go do whatever in the world you wanna do. His forgiveness is for you to understand so that it'll motivate you to understand that, hey, you need to be a little bit better. You say, I can never be perfect. Congratulations, none of us can. But all of us every day could get a little bit better. That's the story that he was saying when he healed Malchus's ear. He was letting them know that I'm coming to restore people of the things that they have chosen to do. See, we've read through this every Easter, right? We're just like, hey, he chopped off the guy's ear. Well, he had a short temper. Old Peter, he was just a goober. He stepped out of the boat, then he sank. Now he cut off an ear. I mean, he just, he's just one of those guys. We're all, you know. No, he did it on purpose. Everything in God's word is there for a reason. You just got to stop long enough to hear the whole story. And you know what the story is? 
It's just like he restored a man's ear so that there was no fault found in Peter. Jesus wants to restore you so that on that final day, there'll be no fault found in you either. No matter what you've done. The other thing is he's restoring peace, and it's the next verse, and then I'm gonna put a cap on today. Let's know what it says in verse 52. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple and the elders who had come out against him, have you come out against us as robbers with swords and clubs? Like he's literally letting people understand, like, like why are you, like have I ever done something that makes you think like you need to lock him up? Like we better get everybody. Like he's liable to go postal on us. Jesus is like, what have I ever done? Because again, the only thing that he did in this situation in a garden was create peace despite what was being done to him. And if he's our example, can I ask you another question as we tell this story? Do you create peace despite what's being done to you? Like I know a lot of people that like stuff gets done to them and 10 years later they're like, yeah, but I'll tell you what, 10 years ago, do you remember when you? And it's like, brother, let it go. It's been a long time. In fact, scripture in Galatians says, as long as it depends on you, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. See, Jesus was trying to explain to them in this amazing story what he had come for, where the forgiveness lied, and where you could find peace. But all this time we read through it and all we think of is that you got a, a knucklehead Peter with a short temper that cut somebody's ear off. Why? Because you don't ever know the whole story. Can I go back to what I was talking about at the very beginning of this message? I got some really powerful encouragement. Not only today, hopefully you've gained a little bit more and understand the, the full story of Malchus and his ear, but I want you to know that, that Jesus wants to complete and give you a full story. That no matter where you're at right now, this ain't the end of the story. And sometimes your frustrations and the things that you're going through, it's because you don't know the whole story. And I wanna encourage you today to kind of hunker down a little bit and realize that if you're breathing, it ain't over. In fact, Scripture says, I'm confident of this one thing. He didn't say many things. This is Paul speaking. He said, I'm confident of this one thing. You know what he said? That he, referring to Jesus, he who began a good work in you will complete it. And so can I tell you what the key is to the full story? It's got to have a starting point. You say, well, I don't feel like he's completing it. Well, that's because you've never let him begin it. You're still doing life your own way. You're still in charge of your story. In fact, here's the way I wrote it in my notes. Can I read my notes? Because it'll make a little bit more sense. God wants to complete your story. He wants you to tell your story. And he wants 
to be included in your story. See, here's what's really cool. As a believer, you know what another word for you would be? You're a storyteller. Your life is the story. And you are a storyteller. And the way that you live your life and the story that you tell will do these things. What were they? They will give meaning to somebody. They will give value to somebody. And they will give understanding. Why? Because that's what stories do. In fact, I had a phrase that I've used forever and ever and ever, and it really is summed up by all these things and the reason why I was so motivated this year to do this with these prayer cards. Because listen to this phrase. God can't get the glory if you don't tell the story. See, a lot of times God's done amazing things in your life. Problem is you just ain't stopped long enough to tell anybody about it. Like you will be on your face. Oh, dear Jesus, please, if you'll just touch my uncle, touch my brother, touch my wife, touch my husband, touch my grandparents, touch, if you'll just do this. And he does it. And then you get up and walk away and you never go back. And not only do you never go back, but you never tell anybody what God did. And there's a world out there that's going, oh my goodness, there's so much going on. I just wish I knew where hope could be. And you've got the answer. You're just not, I love you. I'm saying this about us, me included. We're just so self-consumed in our own life that we don't realize that there's power in the story. And we need to be storytellers. In fact, I'm going to get real far out of my comfort zone, ask you to join with me. Sing this if you remember this hymn. Are you ready? Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ. See, you're a storyteller. And nobody wants to miss out on the story. I mean, let's just be honest. You got a little bit mad when I only had one of these, didn't you? Well, don't worry. We've got one for every family. My friends over at Green Valley Designs, and if you like something like this out of metal, I encourage you to holler at my buddies at Green Valley Design, and they say, you know, we're going to provide one for every family. Now, that doesn't mean every family that's not here. Like, I'm not buying y'all's Christmas presents. But what we are doing is I want you to tell the story. I want you to take an ornament and put it on your family tree, and it says Christmas at Crossroads, and it has the scripture on it. And I want you, when people say, well, what's that ornament about? I want you to tell the story. Say, oh, man, now let me tell you, now that, that was the year and the theme of our church for Christmas in 2023. And we wanted to talk about what Christmas was really all about. And we took what he said when he said, for unto us a child was born, unto us a son was given. And we realized it's all about being forgiven. And I got great news. If you can read this ornament or somebody can tell you about this ornament, if you're breathing, guess what? 
you can be forgiven too. That's the story. And so I want you to take it. And some of you are going, oh, you, it's not going to meet up with my design of my tree. Dear Jesus, oh. make it where it won't stand straight. Make it lopsided. Like, quit worrying about how good your tree looks and ask yourself a real important question. I'm being serious right now. What story does it tell? It could be the cutest tree in the world, but it don't say nothing. Make your life say something. Be a storyteller. Well, I want to take a moment and thank you once again for joining us for another podcast. And man, that truly is the heartbeat of everything we're doing this Christmas. I want to encourage you more than anything else. You and I both are called to be storytellers. No matter where your life is right now, great news is God's not done. He wants to complete our story and he loves it when we tell the story of what he's done in our life. Well, you heard me talk about an ornament, and I know you may be curious about something like that. If you'll go to crossroadscommunitychurch.com, that's our website, and get a hold of me. I would love to get your address and send that to you if you're a part of our online family. You can also click on the Give link if you want to continue to support this ministry, or you can share this podcast and help us continue to get the word out. Man, I hope you're having the great beginning to an amazing season we call Christmas. Be blessed. Know you're loved. Merry Christmas.